Chapter Four of Meteorology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne. Meteorology by J. G. McPherson. Chapter Four. Hoarfrost. All in this country are familiar with the beauty of hoarfrost. The children are delighted with the funny figures on the glass of the bedroom window on a cold winter morning. Frost is a wonderful artist. During the night he has been dipping his brush into something like diluted schist, and laying it gracefully on the smooth panes. And, as you walk over the meadows, you observe the thin white films of ice on the green pasture, and the clear, slender blades seem like crystal spears, or the lashes of light that trim the stars. You all know what hoarfrost is, though most in the country give it the expressive name of rhyme, but you are not all aware of how it is formed. Hoarfrost is just frozen dew. In a learned paper, written in 1784, Professor Wilson of Glasgow made this significant remark. This is a subject which, besides its entire novelty, seems, upon other accounts, to have a claim to some attention. He observed, in that exceptionally cold winter, that, when sheets of paper and plates of metal were laid out, all began to attract hoarfrost as soon as they had time to cool down to the temperature of the air. He was struck with the fact that, when the thermometer indicated thirty-six degrees of frost a few feet above the ground, and forty-four degrees of frost at the surface of the snow. There were only eight degrees of frost at a point three inches below the surface of the snow. If he had only thought of placing the thermometer on the grass, under the snow, he would have found it to register the freezing point only. And had he inserted the instrument below the ground, he would have found it registering a still higher temperature. That fact would have suggested to him the formation of hoarfrost, that the water vapor from the warm soil was trapped by a cold stratum of air, and frozen when in the form of dew. One of the most interesting experiments, without apparatus, which you can make, is in connection with the formation of hoarfrost, when there is no snow on the ground, in very cold weather. If it has been a bright, clear, sunny day in January, the effect can be better observed. Look over the garden, grass, and walks on the morning after the intense cold of the night. Big plane-tree leaves may be found scattered over the place. You see little or no hoarfrost on the upper surface of the leaves, but turn up the surface next the earth, or the road, or the grass, and what do you see? You have only to handle the leaf in this way to be brightly astonished. A thick white coating of hoarfrost, as thick as a layer of snow, is on the under-surface, if a number of leaves have been overlapping each other, there will be no coating of hoarfrost under the top leaves, but when you reach the lowest layer, next the bare ground, you will find hoarfrost on the undersurface of the leaves. Now that is positive proof that the hoarfrost has not fallen from the air, but has risen from the earth. The sun's heat on the previous day warmed the earth. This heat the earth retained till evening. As the air chilled, the water vapor from the warmer earth rose from its surface, and was arrested by the cold surface of the leaves. So cold was that surface that it froze the water vapor when rising from the earth, 
and formed hoar-frost in very large quantities. When this happens later on in the season, one may be almost sure of having rain in the forenoon. As hoar-frost is just frozen dew, I can even more surely convince you of the formation of hoar-frost as rising from the ground, by observations made by me at my manse in Strathmore in June 1892. I mention this particularly because then was the most favorable testing time that has ever occurred during meteorological observations. June 9th was the warmest June day, with one exception, for twenty years. The thermometer reached 83 degrees Fahrenheit in the shade. Next day was the coldest June day, with one exception, for twenty years, when the thermometer was as low as 51 degrees in the shade. But during the night, my thermometer on the grass registered 32 degrees, the freezing point. On the evening of the sultry day, I examined the soil at ten o'clock. It was damp, and the grass round it was filmy moist. The leaves of the trees were crackling dry, and all above was void of moisture. The air became gradually chilly, and as gradually the moisture rose in height on the shrubs and lower branches of small trees. The moon shone bright, and the stars showed their clear, chilly eyes. The soil soon became quite wet, the low grass was dripping with moisture, and the longer grass was becoming dewed. This gave the best natural evidence of the rising of the dew that I ever witnessed. But everything was favorable for the observation. The cold air incumbent on the rising, warm, moist vapor from the soil, fixing the dew point when the projecting blades seized the moisture greedily and formed dew. Had the temperature been a little below the freezing point, hoar-frost would have been beautifully formed. End of chapter 4